Welcome to Battleground Wisconsin. This is Robert Craig, Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And we're, we're minus our host, Matt Brusky, this week. He's on vacation. I'm sure there's some exciting mud bike racing going on with the boys and other Independence Week uh, festivities. And Jorn, unfortunately, is feeling under the weather, so we certainly hope she feels better very soon so she can take advantage of, of the nice weather. But we, uh, as a substitute, uh, we have State Senator Chris Larson joining us. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Glad to be back. And so we'll dig more into the state budget since we have a legislator who watches it very closely, and we'll talk more about legislative affairs, even we talk about in general, but even more than usual. But we'll get to the budget a little later in the program. Uh, but first, we want to talk about the new initiative uh, that has been announced by Citizen Action and by our uh, uh, Democratic allies in the legislature on health care. Uh, as our listeners well know, uh, the U.S. House of Representatives, led by Paul Ryan, and the U.S. Senate, led by Mitch McConnell, have been trying to ram through uh, the Trump Care bill. Though, Chris, it's a little hard to call it Trump Care when it's pretty clear Trump doesn't know what's in it. He just knows it's excellent. Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, he may say that now, and then a couple weeks from now, he may end up saying that it's mean, you know, and he's turning his back completely on it like he's done before. Yes, he said it was the House bill was mean, and... Uh, and so he wanted a Senate bill with heart. He hasn't yet commented on whether the thing that was delivered by McConnell has right. much heart. Right, right. I mean, it's what? It's a, there's one million less people kicked off. I saw a good tweet from Mark Pocan saying if they try this 22 more times, maybe they'll kick off uh, no people from their health insurance. I think he'll probably use that joke again. We're doing a town hall Saturday in Racine uh, with Mark Pocan. We invited Paul Ryan. Don't appear, expect him to appear in his own district. And so Mark will be able to use that line and other nice. lines uh, again. But the whole debate is about how much to cut out of health care, right? How much, I mean, over a trillion dollars. Uh, and basically that we can't afford Medicaid, that we can't afford to make insurance affordable or available to people. Uh, but then trying to lie and say it'll be better and be excellent when deductibles will be, will be much higher, what people right. actually pay yeah. for premiums will be much higher. Uh, so, and we'll, you know, in a lot of these scenarios, return to pre-existing edition discrimination, lifetime limits, annual limits. You'll notice nothing about the actual cost, underlying cost of health care, which is the highest in the world. This is all about taking the money, giving it to the wealthiest Americans, and then shifting the cost onto average people right. and leaving a lot of people literally on the side of the road. But what's interesting is... There's very little discussion about what we could actually do to improve the health care system, because I think, Chris, you and I agree that the Affordable Care Act was a great step forward, but only one step. Right. I mean, it was something, yeah, it was, it was you know, just to, to go back in time, right, it was originally started from the Heritage Foundation, which is not a progressive think tank um, by any means. And you mean the exchanges, for example, and the right. individual mandate, for example, using right. private health insurance rather than just doing single payer. Just Those all came it. out of the conservative infrastructure. Right, exactly. And this was something that, that was well vetted. It went through the process. It had over two dozen Republican amendments and additions to it. And you had to get it through the, the, the threshold of the Senate of getting 60 votes, right? Um, and so this was something that it was it was the beginning. And I, I'd, I'd argue that in that sense, they've been successful because Republicans are realizing as much as they want to, uh, you know, repeal, repeal it and kick people off of health insurance, people realize that this is a benefit and they don't want to lose it and they want to see it expand. 
Um, and they think so it's a right. Right, they exactly. They think everyone ought to be able to get health care. We're, we're moving in the direction of other civilized nations for once on this. So um, we're, we're making a step in that direction. And to that end, um, we, we did introduce the, the legislation yesterday, Badger Care uh, for All, of uh, allowing the public option in the state of Wisconsin, right? And I think this is it's a piece of common sense legislation that was authored by uh, Representative Genrich and the main co-sponsors, LaTanya Johnson in the Senate. Um, and there was a few of us standing up along with Citizen Action who put some muscle behind this, uh, came up with this idea that says, hey, You've got, we have a public insurance option in the state of Wisconsin that's covering um, people in need, uh, the poor in our state. It runs very well, and it would cost nothing uh, to just open it up to the, the members of the public to be able to buy uh, health insurance. And I think, you know, as, as folks are getting uh, gearing up to be shouldered out of the market, um, where the marketplace is, is kind of falling apart because Republicans are not uh, bolstering it, they're, they're letting deadlines pass, and they're hinting that they're just going to let it uh, wither on the vine, there needs to be an option. Um, and that's exactly what this would do. So let's break it down. And, and this is also an example of how advocates should work with legislators because it really is a partnership. I mean, there's the other kind of partnership we know about, like the Walker partnership, where pay me for me re-elect, my reelection, I'll do what you want uh, to feather your nest. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who actually want to create a better state and right. to guarantee people something that's, that's absolutely essential, not a luxury. But Representative Genrich, uh, who's from Green Bay and who's a member of our Northeast Wisconsin co-op, so is Senator Hansen up there. Uh, so is Amanda Stuck in the Appleton area, uh, gave me a call. He was driving, and he was thinking it was really fulminating over what was happening in Washington and said, is there anything we should be doing as legislators that we could be doing uh, that, that isn't being done that, you know, I could lead on? I would really love to make a difference. And so I started kind of like just off the top of my head thinking of mentioning other things other states were doing, other things we could do, and came, mentioned that there was this idea of taking the state Medicaid program, making it a public option. And mm -hmm. Governor Dayton in Minnesota is proposing that. The, the, the legislature in Nevada passed it, but it was vetoed by the Republican governor. Uh, and so uh, he got all very excited and wanted to, wanted, to, wanted to draft it. And he worked with our organizing director, Kevin Kane. He brought in LaTanya Johnson, who's been really good on opiate and substance use issues. We've worked with her a lot, you right. know, first-term state senator from Milwaukee. A bunch of other legislators like Senator Hansen, like you, Senator Larson, uh, got on board, a lot of others, and drafted this bill, which, as you pointed out, reduces health care costs and costs no money to the state, right. unlike what uh, Republicans usually want to do. And so, literally, remember, they ran, right? Mm -hmm. What they run on? They ran on the idea that they were, the premiums and deductibles were too high. Ron Johnson ran ads that sounded like progressive testimonials from 10 years ago run by progressive candidates about people not able to afford their health care. Right. But then it was a bait and switch. It was actually an excuse to take away health care, not to make it any better. Uh, here's right. an example of where our numbers are that it is it would be 30% cheaper in Northeast Wisconsin uh, to, to buy, buy Badger Care. And, and you could get the tax subsidies uh, under, the, under the exchanges and under both the House and Senate bills. The, the lesser subsidies still exist. 23% um, less statewide. Uh, the least reduction was 15% in Madison because Madison has a little cheaper health insurance than the mm -hmm. rest of the state. And not forcing anyone to buy it. It would just be an option mm -hmm. on the exchange. 
and so or the marketplace or the Affordable Care Act or whatever replaced it. And so pe some people, if they want, if people want to pay 23% more to have Humana or have one of those big companies, right? They'll they'll have the right to do it. Right. I'm sure they'll have more advertising dollars than than what's going to be put behind Badger Care when when this does happen, right? And uh, holding no illusions that that Scott Walker and the Republicans who can't figure out the state budget while they're uh, they're they're in power. Uh, that, that they might not jump on board with this right away. But I think it's important for Democrats to think forward, to put out proposals and make it very clear where we stand. We stand in making sure that health care is a right, health care is affordable, and uh, trying to make sure that we're moving forward. I look, I, I was one of them, of many people, who was hoping we had a public option in mm -hmm. uh, when National Health Care passed in Obamacare um, in 2010. Um, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen, but the whole point, just a review of having the public option is it's an option for people to directly get uh, insurance, but it also creates a downward pressure within, uh, but through competition, right? Other insurance companies would have to lower their prices to remain competitive. I think there was a question at the press release of how many people, you know, are on the exchanges of would this be able to absorb everybody? At the press conference. Right, right. at the press conference yesterday. And not everyone's going to jump right onto Badger Care. I think the health insurance companies who are on the exchanges, who offer plans, would realize, okay, we've got a lower cost to remain competitive. So even if people are not switching over immediately uh, when this does happen it won't uh, uh, they'll still end up benefiting from and it. And one of the objections that Republicans have raised is narrow networks. People mm -hmm. might be able to choose their doctors. BadgerCare is a much wider network than any private insurance plan just for example. Right. Uh, and here's the thing it does other than I agree with you on Democrats being visionary right. It's also about making it clear to the public who stands for what they want. By indicating right. this is simple, it's actually a one-word change in Wisconsin statute, and that they just refuse to do it, right, highlights that they're not interested in providing affordable health care to their own constituents. And it also shows who they're beholden to, insurance right. companies, drug companies don't often negotiate over prices, right, pharmaceutical corporations. And so this really kind of reveals them and puts more pressure on them and maybe ultimately because we would love bipartisanship causes some of them to be called out and actually come around right, right. because they're once once a, the best way for a politician to change their stripes um is for their constituents to know what they're doing not to help them right right and this is this is something um just to be careful I'm, I'm trying to find it you probably have it where there's a petition where folks can sign um but yeah you can go on to the citizen action of wisconsin website and those listening on the radio citizenactionwi.org and find a petition uh to get involved now we're going to have to take a quick break uh senator larson but we'll be back after this at battleground wisconsin Welcome back to Battleground Wisconsin. This is Robert Craig, Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin, and uh, Matt Brusky and Jonah Taylor could not be with us this week, as we said at the top of the hour, but we are joined by State Senator Chris Larson, who is sitting in. Yeah, happy to be here trying to pull my weight for, for uh, missing Matt and Jonah. I don't know if I'm, if I'm doing my part. I don't you're know, worth, horses worth, or, or motorbikes. Two, worth two people. <laughs> 
So we were talking about health care in the last segment and talking about the new bill Democrats have introduced, which Citizen Action of Wisconsin worked with them on, um, on bab- allow, uh, opening up Badger Care to everyone and allowing it to be a public option. So mm-hmm. anyone can get Badger Care, and it's substantially cheaper, wider networks. It costs the state no money if the person is paying their own money or they're getting the federal tax credits uh, to purchase it. And so that was released this week at a major capital press conference earlier this week. Now, what's interesting in all of this, because we were also talking about the Republican dilemma that senators, U.S. senators nationwide are ducking their constituents, as opposed to talking about the horrendous, horrendously unpopular Senate health care plan that right. they couldn't get a majority of Republicans to vote for right, uh, right before the uh, July 4th recess. Uh, there are real, I think, political implications what's having the health care debate. The House and Senate bills polling... 17% support. There are some polls that showed the Senate bill at 12% support. Right. And so Obamacare is now straight out, not just uh, improving it, but like just straight out popular. And then if you add on people who still think we could keep it and improve it, it's, it's super majority that find it popular. Right. And this is a huge issue. This has been the leading wedge of the resistance to Trump and Republican control of Congress. And so it seems to me that not only is this going to be a huge political issue, no matter what they do, whether they fail to pass these horrendous bills, they already own them, right? right? Or when the House already voted for a horrendous bill. Yeah, they're already right? on the record. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if the Senate, maybe the Senate will try to avoid a vote and dodge, but clearly they can be tagged with it to some degree. So even if it doesn't pass, there's vulnerability. In, Cong- in House, there already is. And then in the legislative level, it seems to me that what you and your colleagues have done, Representative Gingrich and, mm-hmm. and Senator uh, Johnson, the lead sponsors, and the others on the bill have done, has started to electoralize state legislative positions and the governor's position on health care because they have been incredibly silent on health care. You would think... Yeah. where you have Ron Johnson spending millions saying that no one can afford health care in the state of Wisconsin. I'm paraphrasing, right? That Governor Walker might seek to do something about that. This legislature right. might even, maybe have hearings on it. They might have bills, but crickets, right? Right. Yeah, and then, and then a lot of these, these, these things that happen nationally, they get, uh, the state elections get federalized, right? They end up reflecting what's happening at the federal level, even if there is no direct implications, right? In 2010, there was a big wave as a blowback to uh, what was perceived as, a, as a, um, something that was rushed in Obamacare. This is a rising tide sinks all boats right. as opposed to right. lifts all boats, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, if it's, yeah, exactly. So this is, it's going to hit them. And in this case, the state has uh, real implications. They could have been doing things these last few years. They could have accepted the Medicaid expansion. Right, uh, which, would have, which would have provided a lot of money for their budget, which we'll get to later. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, we're we're seeing the the downfall of that. Where where uh, they can't figure out the budget. Where they're they're continuing to try and scrape together money, money that could have come in to cover uh, all of the the expansion for Medicaid, expanded to to cover more people, uh, more money coming into the state for uh, to cover those individuals. And then on top of that, things to try and keep rates down by doing things like rate review, a bill that we've authored mm-hmm. in the past, just to make sure that when an insurance company um, is going to be, or when a company is going to be boosting their, their rates, they have to go before the insurance commissioner to say, to, to publish it and, and, and justify any rate increases. And then there's Representative Deb Colstie's bill on controlling prescription drug prices and right. holding them accountable. No hearing, no nothing, no right. hearing, no nothing on the rate review. Right. We'll see with BadgerCare public option, BadgerCare for all, the new bill, but we would anticipate no hearing, no nothing. But right. when they won't do anything on it, 
and these are political animals. My interpretation, and you're an elected official, is, is that they know it's bad for them even to talk about, that they yeah. just, that this is their, they're trying to use their agenda setting function for the public, right. not even be aware that's an issue affecting uh, the way they should judge their state representative, their state senator, or their governor. Right, and this is one, that's where uh, folks, if, if we had the press conference yesterday, um, the, you can see the bill publicly, uh, who's on it. If your senator or rep is not on there, uh, give them a call. Uh, tell them to, to to join in on this, regardless of of where you live, regardless of who they are. And I think and that's there the are no ask. Republicans on it right, right. now, and it right. has no fiscal cost. They can't claim, you know, it costs too much money. Of course, their giant tax giveaways never cost too much money. You'll notice. Right. So they don't want it to be an electoral issue. Right. And so what you're doing and your colleagues are doing is making it an issue, making it clear to the public there are things they could be doing on this issue of first-tier public concern. But I'll give you an example uh, of my thesis here that they don't even want to talk about it, but they're very sensitive and afraid of it. Because you could just say they're ignoring it because it's not a priority and they're right. not afraid of it. Uh, there was a bill uh, that... Uh, Senator Erpenbach from Madison, John Erpenbach, and Representative Daniel Reamer from Milwaukee uh, drafted a series of, of reform bills that basically got rid of some of the worst abuses and discrimination that mm -hmm. the Affordable Care Act outlawed as a stopgap, just in case either the House or Senate health care bill passes. So yeah. one of them was on pre-existing condition discrimination. One of them, a very unpopular practice that was very, pop very popular with insurance companies prior to the Affordable Care Act, was annual and lifetime limits. And that's when... Literally, you find out uh, when you get a serious diagnosis and serious disease, oh, you hit your limit. Now you're right. uninsured. Now you're bankrupt. Now you have no way to pay for life-saving care. I mean, that right. was outrageous to people, and that was outlawed under the Affordable Care Act. Right. And so one of the bills, one of the Erpenbach-Reamer bills, simply uh, put in state law that you couldn't have annual and lifetime limits. Sounds like a... What percentage of the public would be against that? Right. You know, just, just the, I mean, it'd be 99% support. Right. It's one of the things we thought we'd turn the page on historically, and it could, it could come back, yeah. So the bill got no hearing, of course. Uh, but the Democrats were going to do something. This is a, a little inside to parliamentary procedure. There's something called a polling motion where the minority party uh, can call for a vote on something by trying to pull it to the floor, and the majority party feels obliged to support their speaker or their majority leader, mm -hmm. and always votes against polling motions, but then you have a recorded vote where they're against something. So mm -hmm. if the polling motion went up and went down on a party-line vote in the state assembly, then there'd be this vote where all the Republican incumbents voted against lifetime limits and annual limits, outlawing them, mm -hmm. right? So... The Democrats were preparing to do their polling motion last week on the lifetime and annual limits. And all of a sudden, before they could do it, uh, Speaker Voss and the Republicans introduced a substitute, uh, which didn't say anything about lifetime and annual limits. Right. It gave the insurance commissioner the authority to look for ways to make health insurance cheaper for people with pre-existing conditions and to do it with their own authority with passive review by the Joint Finance Committee. Now, that may seem right. innocuous, like it's worthless. It's actually worse than that because the national Republican plans and the House and Senate for doing that are, you know, hollow out the policies so that they don't cover as much, have lifetime annual limits, et cetera, so the premiums lower. Right. Uh, or put everyone in a high-risk pool, but then, of course, don't really fund the high-risk pool. So it's right. actually so it right. part, like the, the, some of the most unpopular parts of the House and Senate Republican bill. And then they passed it on a party-line vote and therefore avoided having to have a, uh, a, a vote on lifetime and annual limits. And so my right. question for you, 
Chris, is am I being overly cynical uh, <laughs> that this was all designed to prevent a recorded vote in lifetime annual limits, or, or, or is there another explanation as a seasoned legislator? What do you think? I think you're I think you're onto something, right? Like it, it, I feel like in Wisconsin we can't be too cynical here sometimes, uh, especially with the lot that's in charge and what they're up to. Um, but yeah, I think it, but it also does something else, right? Where it, it reveals that we're on to something. It reveals that Democrats are on to something on healthcare. They get, uh, the poll numbers on, uh, Trump care or Ryan care or wealth care, whatever you want to call it. Their giant tax cut bill that is an excuse to cut people's, uh, Medicaid and insurance. Um, they know that they're vulnerable on it. And so but bringing it up for a vote and bringing up some of these worst practices and saying, do you want to move backwards to having lifetime limits where bankruptcy can again be the number one cause of personal bankruptcy? It's health care bills. Right. right. Health, yeah. And that was something that, that was extinguished under Obamacare. 60% of all bankruptcies. Right. According right. to Harvard. And so we have this, and people people have taken that for granted. And putting that on record and trying to get Republicans on record, is this the direction you want to go? And you see them scatter, right? It's like a, the, the light goes on and they're scattering and they're trying to come up with something. As you were talking about it, and it's, it's a, you know, it's uh, Robert explaining Robert's rules in, in a way. <laughs> so it gets a little wonky, but I think a way to substitute it is, is you're just renaming it something else, right? It'd be like if, you know, somebody put something out there, if your kid, my kids are like, oh, I want a, a cookie, and I give them you know, a sandwich, and I'll say, well, I've just renamed this. Now this is a this is a cookie. That's essentially what they did. They took the bill, they renamed it, they passed that and said, okay, now you can't actually move forward with getting a vote on the thing that you want, which is preventing lifetime limits, something everyone should agree on. Well, they also, they actually forced Representative Reamer, a good friend of both of ours, to vote against his own bill after they subbed out, right, and yeah. totally changed the meaning of his bill. But it's not, right, but it's not the same one. It's like yeah. if you took a sandwich, you pulled everything out, shoved something else in, it's not the right. same, right? It's like Ivanka Trunk trying to change the, the definition of uh, complicit, right? Saying if you, if you define it as this and this and this, oh, then yes, I'm, I'm, I'm complicit. You can't, you don't get to do that. And we'll see, people, we'll, we'll keep you up to date when the pre-existing condition bill, when the Dems try to pull that, will we have another fine substitute that has nothing to do with pre-existing condition discrimination. Yeah and so on and so forth. I'm kind of thinking since substitute didn't mention lifetime annual limits that they thought it would be the pre-ex bill first, but yeah. uh, it didn't they, matter. Yeah, they can try and dodge, but now, now we know. Now we know. So these will be coming up again and again. So we got a break right now on Battleground Wisconsin. We'll be back after this with Senator Chris Larson to talk about the state budget impasse. Welcome back to Battleground, Wisconsin. This is Robert Craig, Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. Uh, Matt Brusky and Jorna Taylor, our usual panelists, are both out this week, but we have State Senator Chris Larson to fill the breach and to talk with us about the big thing facing all legislators, well, at least the ones to actually negotiate the budget. I have a feeling that they're not really asking your opinion on the yeah. budget very much right now, and that is the budget impasse. Right. Chris, we're one of 11 states that didn't get a budget uh, to the statutory deadline. Right. Some states, the budget, that they literally closed down right away, unlike Wisconsin. So this doesn't have an immediate impact in Wisconsin yet. No. It starts to affect local government because they have, to, they have to project what revenue they will exactly. have and school boards. Yeah. But it's not like New Jersey where all the beaches shut down and then that those enterprising journalists read at a helicopter and got a picture of uh, Chris Christie 
uh, beached with his family on a, pro- on a, on a public beach. So right. He got to go to a beach right. uh, last weekend. So we haven't had any of those pyrotechnics yet. But we're one of few states that has undivided partisan control. The Republicans have the governorship, the Senate, and the Assembly, and they still can't agree. And it's the last, and the last time this happened was 2007, when there was a really good reason. Uh, for those listeners who may not remember, that's when there was a progressive Senate majority led by a nurse, uh, State Senator Judy Robson, who after an election that turned the Senate on health care, this was before the Affordable Care Act, uh, had a plan called Healthy Wisconsin that was far more advanced and far cheaper than the Affordable Care Act. And the uh, Senate passed it, and the Assembly held by the Republicans refused to go along with it. And unfortunately, Governor Doyle refused to go along with it. But it was a three-month delay mm-hmm. and debate over healthy Wisconsin. So that was kind of a good reason. There was a big, important piece of public policy that would affect people's lives right. that people were divided on. I was obviously on the side of Senator Robson and Citizen Action was, and many others was. But I'm saying even with the other side, it was an honest policy difference on a big issue here. Mm-hmm. On transportation, Chris, do mm-hmm. they disagree on what they would do in transportation, like what they what they would spend money on? Yeah, I mean, this is this has existed since the beginning of the the budget, and I'll 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 put out my theory. I've kind of said this privately, so they'll, I'll say it publicly here for the first time. I I think that they got a glow in their eyes, right? A, a sparkle in their eyes when Trump got elected and they had national control. And they thought, aha, this is the solution to all of our problems. Trump, they keep talking about infrastructure every now and again. Um, but back then they thought, okay, there's going to be transportation infrastructure, so we'll, it'll, it'll solve the, the lack of long-term budgeting in the state of Wisconsin, where we've, we've over-borrowed, over where we've overextended. So uh, every dollar spent on transportation in the state, one, uh, actually one out of every five dollars spent on transportation goes just to pay for debt service. So we put it so, on the credit card. Right. So, and we're overextended. That's now, right? It's like putting your groceries on the credit card, right? Yeah. You're getting into trouble, and they want to, that's the argument right now, is do they continue down that credit card path of putting more on it, or do they start to realize that that they're in power and have to uh, have a balanced budget and actually be practical? Uh, but I think there was a school of thought that they thought, okay, feds are going to come in and they're going to save them. They're going to they're going to throw a bunch of money in the state. But unfortunately, you know, uh, Trump can't stay too focused. They haven't passed a piece of major legislation nationally, and so uh, failed. They've they've uh, failed all the way down. And so at the state level, they can't figure this stuff out either. Um, so they've done everything they can, right? Here, here we are in the middle of July of 2017. They've done everything they can these last seven years to try and get into power. Everything from um, redistricting to gerrymander people out so that they, they, uh, it's a lot harder for them to be booted out, to changing campaign finance, to changing GAB, right, to, to ending John Doe investigations so they can't be investigated, to going after unions, public and private, just to insulate themselves into power. And now that they've got power, they can't figure out what to do with it, right? They'll just be able to pass a simple budget, and they, they can't do it uh, because they've so, insulated themselves so much. It's, uh, it's kind of comical, and uh, I think they're going to they're gonna end up having to pay for it if people are paying attention. And the local, local like you mentioned, local schools mm-hmm. are worried. I have six different school districts in my um, Senate district, and every one is wondering what's going to happen with the budget because there's two very different 
plans on education that are out there, neither of them is probably going to pass. Um, and unfortunately, that's usually the piggyback that bank, piggy bank that gets broken to pay for roads. Um, so the, the amount of funds that go to education is going to uh, go down. But local schools are trying to figure out their budget. They're trying to figure out, okay, how many teachers can we hire? What classes are we going to have to cut? Uh, what are we going to have going into next year? And this is across the entire state. So um, as much as the, the story is that Walker restored some of the funds to education in the state, um, and he's been well, riding... he's not done it yet because there's no budget. Right, but he's been riding that wave, even though it doesn't restore and the he, money that's been cut. And even though it's regressive, it goes more to wealthy districts than poorer districts. Right. But even given that, they may not happen. Right. And that's a, the, the, this is, and the polling showed that this was something that they, uh, the state wants. They want more education funds. This is coming back to bite them because now local schools, they don't, they're probably not going to get those dollars and they can't figure out their own budget. So this is going to get punted more and more in the future and they can't figure out how to budget locally because the state, the state won't give them an indication because they can't, they can't stop their infighting. I mean, let's break this down because in terms of fundamentals, because, and I don't feel like the horse race kind of an analysis from the Capitol Press Corps, uh, uh, especially the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, really captures what's going on. There, there are other predicates to this decision. So we'll leave aside what they want to spend the money on, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of controversy about whether they really have a balanced transportation budget, right? right? And so we can get into that a little bit. But leaving that aside, there's this agreement. In fact, it's bipartisan that we need to spend more on transportation. We just might, I think Democrats would spend it a little, uh, would spend it differently in some ways, right? Would do a lot more mass transit, just for example. Clearly. But leaving that aside, right? Um, if, if there's agreement that this is important and they claim it's critical economically, right, then it's common sense that you simply have to pay for what's necessary. If you're in a household, they love these household analogies, which are very misleading, but let's use their analogy. Right. If you're in a household, you pay for what's important, right? You don't pay for the frills. You pay for the kid's college education. You figure out how you're going to do it. You pay for the mortgage. Right. Um, everything that you would need, you get. make sure you have health care for the family. You know, There are right. certain basics, right? right? And this is a basic uh, you need good transportation in a state for it to uh, to, uh, to be livable and, and economically competitive. Right. And so, but here's the thing. Their governing philosophy is, is that we don't need revenue, right? There's a billion dollars they're giving away mm -hmm. in the manufacturer agriculture tax credit, which is just a giveaway to manufacturers. Even if they outsource jobs, they can create no jobs. Not taking the Badger Care money is another. Right. But even independent of that, you would think you would have a progressive tax that has the most successful pay more in order to pay for a basic need like transportation. Right. But they have this ideology that they've sold. They claim they're giving tax cuts to everyone else. They're really giving it to the wealthiest, right, uh, for the right. most part. And the most powerful are already doing very well. But now they either can borrow. Now, they claim to be the fiscal conservatives. They're not, right? They're fiscal radicals in many ways. Um, or, you can, or you can not build the thing, right? Right. And so they're round and around and around on this. In a way, what it shows me, Chris, is, is that their philosophy and, their, and the interests they serve is incompatible with a fa an effective 21st century government that meets the needs of, of Wisconsin. I right. mean, literally, that this shows, this isn't just, oh, they're being silly and they're having a squabble, they're having a spat. This is a fundamental problem with their whole approach to government. Right. 
And, right. and by the way, who elects them in the first place and who pays for their elections and how that grinds them down? Well, that's where you, you that I mean, very good points, very interesting points. And I think it's right on, uh, right on the money. Uh, no pun intended. But yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's, they've, if you look at how they've budgeted, if you look at what their priorities have been, uh, they've had special sessions on mining because, and, and when you, uh, as time went by, it turned out that there was special checks written from mining interest to get those bills passed. So we've seen that. One of the first bills that, ha- that, that was passed when I was a state senator was on um, preventing senior homes from being able to um, be held accountable if they're abusing patients or a patient dies from what, what documents are discoverable. And they got a lot of money from, from that industry. And so what's happening now is is they can't figure this out. And so so Voss actually put out this letter, um, at, you know, where they ended up trying to say, okay, well, well let's do vehicle uh, heavy fees, uh, heavy heavy uh, truck fees, which right. which to some extent it could make sense, right? If you think you know, as people are shifting more to hybrids and you know. Uh, smaller vehicles, that's not what's tearing up your roads. It's some it's of these, these giant rigs. Right, yeah. these giant trucks. So it starts to make sense. And I, it, it was one of these weird, weird times where they're starting to, to wander over to something that's practical. And then, of course, the but industry... But this is just the assembly. The other is, side, just, Walker and the Senate just want to borrow. Well, to be fair, it was yeah. one particular representative and not everyone yeah. shot it down. And then it started right. to expand. And then, of course, you know, uh, folks are... There's, there's a spoiled industry that's used to writing these campaign checks, WMC and others, who they're just used to getting these breaks and not having to pay for anything. And so they came out with the letter shooting it down. And so they're, they're kind of left at this point, again, where they've done everything to get into power. And so he, Voss just put out a letter saying, well, well let's, what, what let's, would you like? Let's hold off on that because we're near break. And we don't usually do this to the listeners, but we can do suspense. So... <laughs> WMC, the State Chamber of Commerce, the biggest backer of the of the conservative majority and Governor Walker, shoots down this tax on uh, on big trucks uh, right. to fund transportation, and writes a memo that has twelve other interest groups on it, or more than that. Right. And then we will, after the break on Battleground Wisconsin, when we return, talk about what Robin Voss did and and asked for in return. Hey, we're back at Battleground, Wisconsin. Matt Brusky and Jonah Taylor are off today, but we have State Senator Chris Larson joining us, and we're talking about the state budget. And we left the audience hanging before the break, <laughs> and that was we had set up this thing where they had this idea because only the Assembly, only Speaker Voss, wants to actually raise more revenue to pay for transportation. The governor and the Senate just want to, uh, uh, to borrow more. And so they came up with this idea. Uh, Senator Larson was telling us about uh, taxing the biggest trucks because they damage the highways a great deal. And then the State Chamber of Commerce, Wisconsin Manufacturing Commerce, and a number of other big interest groups wrote a letter to Robin Voss complaining and saying this would damage the business climate in the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us uh, what Voss did, one of his biggest benefactors that's elected his majority, comes out and attacks his latest idea. So how does he respond? Right. So there's this letter I'm, I'm looking at, and you can, you can actually go online and see this. 
Um, and and in, in a in a way, you can kind of feel sorry for 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 Voss because they you know they're trying to propose ideas, but they're getting shot down because it's 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 less of an ideology these days, and it's more about uh, a collection of interests of special interests in trying to get what they want, and and when uh, feeding at the trough, so right, to speak, right? And so they're just used to getting everything that they want. Um, and so Voss writes this this letter. Uh, three pages and, and sketches out the, the, a memo the, to the problems. And who yes. are the other interest groups involved? There's Did a he? long list. Yeah. This is a long list. Everyone from the Wisconsin Motor Carriers to Quick Trip to Walmart. Um, and then, of course, WMC is right at the top. Uh, and this is from Voss and the, uh, the Republican leadership. It outlines all the problems, all the things that we're dealing, they're dealing with. And, and in bold... Time is of the essence. In order to be considered part of a potential solution, we ask that you please get back to us by Monday, July 10th with how you would propose to close the $1 billion deficit so we can upgrade the roads that you depend on to run your businesses. And it's... There it is, right? So he's got a. It's and a, I assume it's a deadline Walmart in this case doesn't want to pay for all the Walmart trucks that are damaging the highways, right? They just right. want them cheap as possible. So there's the real... Example. I mean, there's the real suspense is what are they... What are they going to come back and WMC with? did a press re- cut release <laughs> saying, this is great. You save business from this horrendous small tax on big trucks. Yeah. And we'll be happy to come up with ideas. Yeah. Now, my question to you, Chris, is since this is rarely public, usually these discussions with the benef- their great benefactors are behind closed doors in secret, like the Senate health plan, right? right? And so this is all in public. Will WMC come out with public ideas on... Monday, this coming Monday, uh, in response to, to Speaker Voss's plea for some revenue source other than borrowing more money to pay for, can, for can roads. We, can I put a bet out there that they're yeah. going to ask for a tax cut? Can I just can that just be like my prediction that it'll, <laughs> they'll just be like, well, since you're asking of what we would like, we'd love to have an additional tax cut on top of the the one that's costing the state one point seven billion dollars by the end of this biennium, the the uh, agriculture manufacturing tax credit. Could we please get some more tax dollars? Do you think though? I'm wondering if there won't be two. There'll be what the press release says, and there'll be what they tell Voss privately. Right, and, and then what we'll they see tell that Robin Cross privately is gut education. Yeah. Never mind, because this is what they've set up, this dichotomy, as you pointed out earlier, where you cut yeah. schools to fund this. Never mind they claim there's a skills gap and that people need to be better educated and they have all these open jobs, but they'll gut education in order to prevent them from ever having to pay anything remotely like their fair share into the common good in Wisconsin. Right. right. And this is, I mean, this is the the essential problem, right? And I think that that for a while... Uh, Republicans have governed like, like you know, teenagers while the parents are out of town on the weekend. Where, wow, somehow Republicans got Which put in charge. Which gives a bad name to some of our responsible teenagers. Some of the responsible, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But those kids came over, right? Like maybe you've got good kids, but the, those kids that you don't want your kids playing, hanging out with, they came over WMC for the weekend. came over, trashed right, the house. Exactly. And I and I think they they thought like okay we get to we get to do this and somebody is going to have to clean it up right they put all these things into place and I think they figured that okay uh, things would swing back but they did everything they can to not let things swing back so they're in charge they have to figure this stuff out and they've given away these huge tax cuts and if you look at the revenue projections they continue to slide downward right it's a steadily steady decline and that's one of the reason the 11 states don't have budget so we allegedly have this great economy but revenue keeps going down why is that because the politics at the state level like in wisconsin is strangling revenue that's the point they go 
there's no revenue for what to spend money on. How right. how did that happen? Right. This uh, what's the 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 curve? Right. That they say, oh, if you cut tax cuts, the, la- you, the laugher curve, the, laugher or the laughable curve, curve. The laugh- exactly. Where they say, oh, if you if you cut taxes for the rich, then trickle down. Somehow it'll it'll make up for itself. Well, this is a demonstration where I think the more you buy, the more you save, Chris. They, right. They honestly, I think you know, like they just. They just repeated it enough times that they believe they believe, and it'll it'll come through. And it's it's not right. And the I think thing that is we could do a lot more. We could, right. you know, we could have free college tuition if we want, and and, and pay for it quite easily. Right. But where we you to do it? Of where you want to do that? Where you want to put your priorities? Right. In other states mm-hmm. where they're dealing with a surplus and trying to figure out oh, how do we fund? How much do will we fund early childhood education? How much will we fund uh, higher education and making sure that college is affordable? How about we have early child education? Right. Exactly. For every for, kid, you know. Yeah. Where Wouldn't our that state help is with the skills behind. gap allegedly? Right. And uh, so this is the this is the problem I think of catering to special interest over and over where they got they got this letter robert did you get a letter no no i didn't get a letter the the public doesn't get a letter so they don't even get a seat at the table of how we want to run our state though i will say to speaker voss that he's actually had us in to talk about health care and i I actually think for a right-wing conservative that does a lot of damage to our state he's not a bad guy I mean, interpersonally. <laughs> with that, Otherwise, with I strongly that, a, disagree with a heck with of a him. caveat, yeah. You know, I, but, I mean, he's actually smart. You can actually have a conversation with him. He actually is interested in having an exchange. So I, I will say that he's higher up on the food chain than most of these folks. But, yeah. uh, so you have this thing where literally it's their philosophy of government and their, as you point out, kowtowing to special interests. So with your teenage house party without the parents metaphor, right. uh, Setter, I'm thinking of the corporate lobbyists with big cigars and jamming them into the into the plush carpet. I mean, right. kind of seeing them. That, that's the image that's coming to mind. Right. That's what Walker, I mean. Walker did a listening tour, but it wasn't public. Right. It was just invited guests only, and it was just the people he wanted to hear from. And then he had the audacity to say about one of the Marquette polls that he was surprised his approval ratings are so low because that's how he's hearing his listening tours. I well, bet. if you only invite, you have an invite, yeah, friendly people and. Fence out the public that you know. Literally, it's like uh, it, it, it's like what you would expect in a in a communist country like after the like, Cold War, right? Like everyone likes my Facebook posts. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't the rest of the public be behind me? It's like yes, a Trump rally, right? Leader. Like everyone in the Trump rally loves them. We love you, dear leader. <laughs> so, speaking of big corporate lobbyists, Foxconn is talking about coming to Wisconsin. Well, they're not talking about it. Trump mentioned it when he visited, yeah. and then Voss mentioned it this week. Speaker Voss. Uh, and he said that if we don't widen 994 and finish doing that, we might not get Foxconn. So it scares me a little. Should I be afraid that Foxconn, which makes iPhones and pays, has sweatshops basically overseas, um, is negotiating with Trump and with Walker and maybe with Voss, and it's supposedly 10,000 jobs? What kind of jobs do you think these will even be, and what kind of big corporate tax giveaways are they plotting? Are they going to build the whole thing for them and not tax them forever? Uh, so if you look at this story, uh, the Journal Sentinel printed on this and what Foxcom, what was alluded to by Trump and what's been alluded to by Walker is that this company could possibly come here. They're looking at a lot of different Midwestern states. And uh, I mean, in, in a sense, it's, you know, we don't want to snub our noses if a company's looking to come in. But you're, you, you've, you've had a little bit more experience with this. And, and so it's not the announcement. It's not the, uh, the groundbreaking. It's how much money went into that, how much of our public resources are being spent without our knowledge, what's being negotiated without us at the table. That's that's the, the problem that we've seen. And 
Uh, I mean, it'd be, it'd be, it could be good if it comes in. We don't know if these are living wage jobs. Uh, we don't know what level of jobs these are. We if don't know if they're getting them, a special deal. If we're going to give them yeah. hundreds of millions in giveaways, are we going to actually use that leverage to require they be good jobs? Right. There should be that base minimum. If these are public resources, there should be a public good automatically associated with it. And you have there to create a, a certain number of jobs and oh. give the money back if you don't create them. Right. And that's a progressive, uh, progressive standpoint on economic development that you have a... Uh, a clawback in there that if they if they take the money and then they decide to move move across state lines and that's what large companies have the power to do is they go to one state and then they go to another state and another state who's going to give us the best deal and they maybe take one they hang out there until that money dries up and they hop the border and they leave everybody behind right. uh, so you have to build that stuff in we don't know if any of that stuff is in there we won't know that until maybe they they arrive we won't know until they announce that's the problem with right concert right-wing conservative governance. It won't be public. And right. so it's, a, it's, a, it's just like trade deals. It's a corporate handshake, as right. former Senator Feingold used to like to say. Now, we have less than a minute left. We should just mention on the budget there's the attack on wineries and microbreweries where they can't, won't be able to sell directly Ugh. in tap rooms. So as you go around the state to tap rooms and like, remember, apparently based on you know the, the, the interest groups, the yeah. distributors, the Republicans are, may want to take that away. Enjoy your beers while you can, folks. You and don't know, then, you know how, long, how long you'll have them. This is, it's a, there's a motion called 999, um, and that's not a, a reference to um, Herman Cain. That's the motion that comes the last mm -hmm. thing in the budget. Right. It passes usually late at night, and it has a, it's a Christmas tree of, of, of different options that get thrown in there. And this is uh, a, lemo, a memo leaked saying that they were going to prevent microbrews from being able to sell their own beer uh, directly. So that's all the time we have. Look for the 999 motions, everyone. And uh, this is Battleground Wisconsin. We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us.